Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Piki mai kake mai and welcome to Our Changing World from RNZ National. Dogs have been our best friends going back some 33,000 years. Somewhere in Asia we began to domesticate grey wolves. Or did they domesticate us? Either way, dogs have come a long way since those early wolf days. And in the past couple of hundred years, a frenzy of dog breeding has seen the creation of everything from chihuahuas to the Irish wolfhound. And it's not just size and other physical traits that vary between dogs. There's an equally wide range of personalities. And it's this that interests American scientist Eleanor Carlson. Eleanor runs the Darwin's Dogs Project, and while she was in Dunedin for the recent Genetic Society of Australasia conference, she decided to collect some Kiwi canine DNA, and there was no shortage of keen dog owners happy to be involved. Buster is a Maltese silky. Yeah, so a bit of a bit. <laughs> and he's about six years old. Hi there, what's your name? Bella. Bella, and who's your dog? Luca. So what motivated you to bring your dog down today? I love dogs, and my dog is a lifeline. That's him, sorry. (laughs) So a big black dog, what kind of dog is it? Um, Half black lab and half Hungarian Vistler. So got the best of both. Oh Well, I'll let you get on filling out your consent form. I know, I've got a lot to read. Thank you. My name is Eleanor Carlson. I've got a dog genetics project that I'm running. I'm an assistant professor at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and I'm also at the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. Now tell me about this project. So this is a project to understand how genetics and behavior relate to one another. We started this about a year and a half ago, and it's basically a citizen science project. So it's a collaboration between scientists and dog owners to actually see whether we can study our pet dogs and understand how behavior in pet dogs is a way to kind of get a window on on how our brains work, not just how dog brains work, but also how human brains work. So you're looking at specifically at behavior, so not at physical traits like this is a black dog and this is a white dog. Uh, So it started out really focused on behavior. Um, As with all things in science, it just gets bigger with time. So we do ask about some physical traits because that would be quite fun to actually find genetics that influence physical traits. So people who have dogs can sign up on our website and answer our surveys. And if they do that, they'll notice that there are some questions about um, coat color and size and things like that, ear shape. And I mean, I'm a geneticist. I find that stuff just fascinating. You know, I think it'd be really cool to figure that stuff out. But I think the reason why we really focus on the behavior part of it is that's where dogs are particularly interesting because every single dog lives with people who spend a huge amount of time watching them and I don't think there's any other species that we could study where we have that level of knowledge about their behavior and so the idea of this project is that rather than trying to figure out what a dog's behavior is 
ourselves as scientists is we'll just ask the dog owners and they can tell us people know their dogs it's really amazing what people know about their dogs also people really like talking about their dogs i've noticed that today just walking around amongst the people people are very enthusiastic about being oh yeah here. yeah no and i mean you, we ask them questions and it's 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 fast it's so much fun to talk to people about their dogs because they really do know these things and once you ask them they get really excited about the idea that we might actually be able to understand why their dogs are doing things which is also really kind of a cool back and forth it really i really would like this project to be very collaborative and so we're setting it up so that any information we get from the dog owners we're also going to share with any other scientists and anything that we find out we're going to share with the dog owners themselves and with other scientists this is really a a project where because it's a collaboration with the dog owners we want to make sure that it's not that we own this data we're not going to own the things that we're discovering this is something that we really want to put out there as a resource for scientists and people anywhere in the world Oh, you're a big dog. Hello. Got some several good looks here, so I think I'm getting good DNA specimens from most of the dogs here on my microphones. Excellent. <laughs> Hello, puppy. So what's your dog's name? This is Barkley. Oh, it's a very large dog, and it's actually dragging you away. <laughs> yes, he's uh, part Labrador, part horse, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bye. One of the things that's always struck me is there's such a variety of dogs. I mean, you're just looking around here. There's big ones, little ones, black and white ones, brown ones. But actually... All of these dog breeds are quite recent. Yeah, no, it's one of the fascinating things that we discovered when we actually um, started the Dog Genome Project. I think we published that in 2005. Um, but one of the things we did as part of that project was to actually start to look at the history of dogs. And I think we were also surprised to find out that the vast majority of dog breeds are only a few hundred years old. And one of the things that I'm really interested in at capturing in this project is that even though there are behaviors that kind of characterize particular breeds, those behaviors are much, much older than those breeds are. We've dim- dogs were domesticated tens of thousands of years ago, and I'm really interested in what happened between those two time periods, between when we domesticated them and then up to the present day. And only a tiny portion of that is actually purebred dogs that we're worried about. And so the really fun thing about this project is that we can take all of the dogs. You know, there's projects where people are focused on particular breeds, but with this project, we want all of them. Um, Whether your dog is purebred, whether they're a mixed breed, whether it's a dog you have absolutely no idea what it is, we want them all to sign up. And actually, once we're able to run the genetics on these dogs, we'll be able to go back to the owners and tell them what we find and tell them what we think that the, the ancestry of their dog might be. How many dogs have you sampled so far? Do you have any idea? Through our website, we've signed up about 13,000 dogs, um, which was much, much bigger than I thought it was going to get as quickly as it did. It's been a very successful project. Um, We've got saliva samples now, I think, from about nearly 5,000 of them. And we're kind of just getting started on the next part of the project, which is to actually look at the genetics of the dogs that we've signed up. Uh, But until now, mostly all of the dogs that we have signed up are dogs that are in the United States because the project is based there. And and within the United States, we can send people a kit and have them mail it back to us. And that's not something we're able to do with people that live in other countries and dogs that live in other countries. So the really cool thing about what we're doing here today is it's basically the first kind of international um, extension of the Darwin's Dogs Project. So we're going to be getting probably dozens of samples from New Zealand dogs and we'll be able to start looking at them and figuring out how they might be similar to the dogs in the United States but also how they might be different. What's your feeling? Do you think they'll be much different? I think there's going to be some really interesting differences, actually. Um, I was up in Wellington yesterday with my cousin John, who has a dog that's a huntaway mix. And so we were talking a lot about this. And there's a, real, there's a really strong kind of working dog history to the dog population in, in New Zealand. And then there were also the dogs that were already here that the Maoris had before the Europeans even showed up. And both of those things could be really having a strong influence on the genetics of the New Zealand dog population. And so it's going to be really fun to be able to actually look at that and figure out whether we can actually figure out that ancestry and what it might be able to tell us. 
So what motivated you to bring your dog here today? I know they're trying to do a, uh, a connection between uh, dogs and humans in some way. Um, the dog never listens to me and neither does the wife either, so, uh, <laughs> so there's definitely a connection there. So. I listen to you. No, I don't. <laughs> the dog listens more than you. <laughs> so uh, who's your dog? Uh, Smudge, and he's a boxer across with a Labrador. And you're filling out a form there? That's I am. What, the and then we've got to stick this everything? in his mouth to get some saliva. So uh, we don't know how that part will go. No, he can do that. Because he's a boxer, he's got plenty. We've got bucket loads of yeah. saliva, so we've got no problem. We can donate, <laughs> donate saliva. Yeah. <laughs> So you've got the people here to fill out a survey. What kind of questions are you asking them about their dogs? Yeah, so they filled out the surveys online before they came here today, which is fantastic. We ask a lot of questions, and we always really appreciate it. We try to make it as easy as possible on the website, and most people seem to have fun doing it, but it is a lot of questions, and we always appreciate people going and doing it for us. But there are all sorts of things. So we've included a couple of surveys that have been published where they try to get at kind of um, traits like impulsivity or anxiety disorders, um, obsessive-compulsive disorder, so kind of diseases that some dogs seem to have more than others. Um, and for those kind of things, we really need to have, people always ask us this, but we need the dogs that have these um, d issues with anxiety and things. But we also need the ones that are totally chill, because with genetics, we try to compare the two groups. Um, but we also ask a bunch of kind of oddball things. Uh, I talked to some dog behavior experts and dog trainers about this when we were setting up the project, and I asked them for some ideas about things we could ask about, things that dogs might do that where genetics might play a role in whether dogs do it and whether they don't. And they came up with a really interesting set of questions um, that I'm really curious to find out whether we can actually figure out if genetics is involved, but it's things like, does your dog eat grass? Does your dog do that adorable head tilt thing when you, like, you're asking them a question kind of thing? Does your dog um, lick the bowl once they're finished eating? And the really interesting thing is that when you ask people these questions, they're either like, why would my dog eat grass? That would be completely strange. Or they're like, oh, my God, my dog totally eats grass. I've always wondered why they did that. And so people do know these things. I mean, it's, it's really amazing how much they know about their dogs. One of the dogs just ate a swab. Oops. <laughs> I was expecting someone to be a bit chewed by the time they get yes. back. Well, this one's not chewed. This one is... Gone. gone. This is a gone burger, this doggy here. <laughs> so they're going to try again. I gather this is your second attempt at this dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happened the first time? Um, she just swallowed the swab. She just eat it. Yeah, I'll give it a second attempt. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 don't eat it. Okay. So she's having a good chew? Yeah. I think it's good enough. So it's got like a cotton wool bud on one end and then you just turn yeah, it around and stick just it turn back around under a tube. And put it in the tube with fruit. Yes. Do you have any idea what genes you're actually looking for? I mean, how do you go about trying to marry up a genetic tray with the gene that that might go with it. Yeah, so that's the really wonderful thing about doing this research now, is that um, genetics or genomics, which is actually the field that I'm interested in, which is where we actually look at all of the DNA that, a, that an individual inherits from their parents. So this is a field that has exploded in recent years. I think we finished sequencing the, the very first human individual in uh, like 2000 or 2002, and that cost, you know, a billion dollars. And we can now do the same thing for, like, $1,500. And so we can sequence a lot more easily than we used to be able to. And so what we do with this kind of research is rather than having an idea of what it is we're looking for going in, we actually look at each dog's entire genome, all of the DNA they inherited from their parents, and we kind of go in there without any ideas about what we're looking for. And all we do is we take, you know, 
hundreds or thousands of dogs that are incredibly anxious and hundreds of dogs, hopefully thousands of dogs eventually, that are totally relaxed and compare them. And we look for places where those dogs tend to be different from one another. And once we've found that, then we'll go in and try to figure out what genes might be in that region and what they might be doing. Is there any correlation between what you might find with the dogs and us humans? Definitely. This, this project was kind of started, had its roots in a project that we've been working on for a while where we were looking at obsessive compulsive disorder in dogs. And it was a project we started by looking at the Doberman breed, but then we kind of expanded outside of that. And then we actually started trying to connect what we were finding in dogs to what we were finding in people. And what we found was that in dogs, one of the first genes we found was something called a neural cadherin, which is something that's involved in the brain with connecting up synapses. But we looked into it, and it was involved in some, some particular pathways like glutamate signaling, things like that. And the really interesting thing was is that we went and looked at what people were discovering about um, human obsessive-compulsive disorder by looking at human patients. Um, they were actually finding not the same genes but similar pathways. And I find that to be really fascinating because what's really driving this research is the idea that if we, could under, if we could figure out what pathways in the brain are actually involved in something like obsessive-compulsive disorder, then um, we might be able to design a drug that particularly targets that pathway, turns it down or turns it up. But in order to do that, we need to find the pathways to begin with, and we don't even know that yet. And so people can kind of tell us part of the story, but by adding the dogs in, they may be telling us kind of a different part of the story. And by putting them together, we might actually be able to put that, kind of connect all the dots and actually figure out what's going on. This is Ted, Ted Shawman Smith. <laughs> Hello, Ted Shawman Smith. And what kind of dog is he? He is a uh, Bichon Sichu cross. He's a relentless little puppy. <laughs> There's quite a range of dogs here today, isn't there? Oh, it's great, actually. It's, it's so nice to see all their dogs, and they're all friendly, and it's great. New, New Zealanders love their dogs, don't they? <laughs> they do. So what motivated you to bring your dog along today? I just think science is excellent and anything that we can do to help science and you know who, who doesn't want to be a Darwin DNA dog? Many thanks to all the dogs and their families who took part in this story and in the Darwin's Dogs Project. The project is run by Eleanor Carlson from the University of Massachusetts Medical School and the Broad Institute at MIT in Harvard. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ Science. Matewa.